What you doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system. In the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealers. See dealer for details. Hello and welcome to Off the Bench. This is Jameson Hartzo alongside with Hayden Joyner, my usual co-host. we got a special guest today, Tyler Brevard. He's on the basketball team here at Landon University. He was the MVP of uh, the championship game that they won last week. Uh, but So that's really cool. Uh, to have him on this on the on the show, but uh, you guys always, you know, you're listening to Off the Bench here at Radio FX. If you uh, you're listening to Radio FX, uh, all right here from four to six. Uh, but uh, Taylor might have to sneak out a little early. He's going to have practice um, today uh, at some point. So um, we'll have a we'll do a little question and answer uh, time today. But always follow us at Off the Bench XLR on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and whatnot. Uh, but um, hey, I'm gonna get, turn it over to Hayden. Hayden's yeah. going to introduce Tyler and. Uh, uh, we'll be rolling. So yeah, Todd, this uh, this past weekend you had the Peach Belt Conference tournament, and uh, luckily it was, it was hosted here at Lander University. So we got a lot of people to come out and see you play. And uh, if if y'all didn't see it or you didn't come out to the games, you missed you missed a great tournament. It was a great time to be there. I was at pretty much every game this weekend. I was doing photos for the whole thing. And uh, Tyler here, you were the you were the MVP for the whole tournament. So congratulations on that. Um, Twenty one points, five rebounds, three steals in the final as well against Columbus State to help earn that MVP. So, I mean, it was, it was a great game as well. And going back to that game, the, the final, that, that final game, you were, you guys were down at 16 points at one point. And that was, that was a really, like, I, me in the, in the, and the audience on the sidelines, I was thinking, like, dang, I didn't see this coming out. I mean, Columbia, Columbia, uh, Columbus State was the five seed in the tournament. They had just upset number one UNC Pembroke, and they were kind of this underdog team coming through. And y'all being down 16 points, I'm sure you were thinking, I don't know, were y'all thinking in the locker room, like, we're the next team they're going to beat? Or, like, what, what, what was going on in that locker room uh, during halftime? Because y'all were down 13, 13 at halftime, 16 points at one point in the first half. What was really going on in, in the locker room to help get you guys back on track? Um, you know, coming to that game, we already figured, you know, we knew Columbus State was one of the more skilled teams. I wouldn't say better, but i say one of the more skilled teams in the conference. So we knew we couldn't beat them just playing one-on-one. And we also knew that coming into the game, they're going to give us their best punch, and that's mm-hmm. what they did. But, you know, the first two times we played them, they didn't come out as hard as they did this game. And, you know, we, we just kind of came in the locker room before the coaches came, and we just talked, and we knew – we had to rebound better and play a little bit better defense and just calm down and relax. And I say when we came out the second half, we had a we had a different look in our eyes, I'll say. Because the first half, it was like a deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. Second half, we had a different look in our eyes, and it was just, you know, just win, and we just started playing. Yeah, I could definitely tell watching it. Y'all, like, like second half, y'all came out, like, I don't even know, if, like, how many straight points you scored, but, like, you had, a, it looked like you had a whole different mentality going in, and I was certainly hyped to see that. The mm-hmm. crowd behind me was certainly hyped to see that as well. Yeah. Well, it was a great game, man. It was such an awesome, it's so cool to 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 hold the champions here at our school and to be able to claim that cha- that championship. Uh, but was there ever a, ever a moment of doubt uh, in your minds uh, that you guys couldn't come back what 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 was your kind of like thought process were you ever down at one point or or what what was kind of like the coach saying or whatnot oh no we we knew the whole game you know 
we had our coach told us before, you know, the team that stayed the most consistent and played together as a team was going to win. So yeah. we we never doubted that we would win. We just didn't want to let it get too bad to where it mm-hmm. was basically impossible to come back. Yeah. So we just we just made sure we came out that second half and just stayed together and we didn't you know break apart and. We saw towards, you know, the end of the second half that Columbus State, you know, they kind of started breaking apart and we're arguing with each other. We just told ourselves, look, like, just stay together and just play. Yeah, yeah and certainly something I noticed is our fans were definitely getting involved in the second half. Uh, right behind me, I'm at the stats table. There's a big group of people right yeah. behind me who were, every game determined that Lander played in, whether it was a women's game or the men's game, they were screaming their heads off, yeah. usually at the other team trying to get in their heads and stuff. And uh, that certainly was something to help since it was it was the home crowd. It was played at Lander, like I said earlier. And, um, y'all, this whole season, really, you've been really impressive at your home court in Lander at Phoenix Horn Arena, 15-1 and overall record this season at home. I've been doing a bunch of games this, uh, this season, whether it's just as a spectator or working the games. And I like every time, it's like y'all seem to win every time, and you always pull out a victory no matter what. So I mean, like 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 I was just saying with like these fans helping, did that did that really have an impact on y'all playing this tournament? Were y'all just kind of like like zoned in playing this tournament regardless of where it was going to be, or did the Lander atmosphere and the fans really have an impact on y'all? Oh yeah, it definitely did. Um, <clears throat> you know, playing at home, it's always like a relaxing, calming feel. So mm-hmm. you know, you know, you like you're on your home court, home yeah. turf, and we have a thing in our locker room where it says defend horn. So. We just came into it like, you know, we're at home. We can't lose. We just got to go and just play. <laughs> you can't, just lose, you can't yeah. lose in front of the home crowd. I, I completely believe about that. So, yeah. 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 The, the crowd, definitely. That was, I can say that was the most intense environment of the whole season. You know, homecoming was the most packed. But yeah. That was the most intense. And <laughs> Quan said he dunked one time, man. It felt like the whole gym like kind of shook. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was it was, yeah, it was unfortunate that yeah. the Peach Belt Conference had to be the weekend at the end of spring, spring break. break. I know because yeah. like I was there and I was thinking because I had to cut my spring break short to come work, yeah. which I'm glad I did because like the tournament was fantastic. But I, I kept thinking I'm like man if this was like on a regular weekend, oh, like the state the stadium would be so much more packed than it was. I mean it yeah. it still had like a, a good number of fans, but like if it had like the homecoming atmosphere, oh, man. that was it the atmosphere then it would have been insane. And it I'm sure we could have you could have beaten every team by thirty. Oh, yeah. if we had that for sure. Um, I, I got a question for you. Uh, this is not on. Uh, we we did not tell you about this beforehand, but but the, when I, coming to your games throughout the season, it seems like always in the first half, it's almost like you kind of struggled or the team struggling. It's like kind of like tied at the at the first half, and then in the second half is really whenever y'all just come out lights out. And I mean, you put up double digit point spreads on these teams. So what is it about the second half? Or what happens at halftime? But in second half, it just seems like y'all are always just—I mean—pouring, uh, pouring it on them. Yeah. What, what, what kind of? What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know, because usually, you know, our coach, our coach, be trying to figure out the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> he comes in the locker room, you know, he gives us his little speech, yeah. gets in us, and we just come out that second. Yeah. I guess it's kind of we know what we have to do because. We're not trying to lose. Yeah, we, we have a we have a group of guys that just like just love to win, and I guess it's just that second half. We you know this is the last, you know, last part of the game. We yeah. can't lose this game. Yeah, so I guess yeah. we just lock in more. And, that like mentality said, really sets in. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Cool. So so Lander comes in as the five seed in the southeastern southeast region, facing Peach Belt opponent Augusta. You've played them before in the season. So how are you all preparing for this matchup? You know, knowing that you played them uh, earlier on in the season, now coming back back to them again that you did beat them. So how are you guys preparing preparing for this game in the tournament? Um, 
treating it just like any other week, you know, before a game. Uh, we watch film on the team and, you know, games they played before, go over their plays and everything like that to make sure we're, you know, not like a deer in the headlights, just stuck, not knowing what's yeah. going on. So, you know, we, we're preparing like that, but we also know with them, they're like the, um, the Spurs. They're a team that, you know, if you mess up, they're going to capitalize on your yeah. mistakes. And then they also, it helps to have a seven-footer, one yeah. of the only seven-footers yeah. in the conference. So, you know, we just, we're working on, you know, just stopping that because that's always been a problem and just keeping their uh, – their insides going to a minimal yeah. so we can win this game. Oh, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. Thank and, you. Yeah. And definitely, like, a huge impact to this team. We talked about this kind of before the show started. A huge impact, uh, Coach Richards, for you guys. His yeah. first year coaching uh, took you all to a 20-plus win season, winning the Peach Belt Conference. Um, going into this NCAA tournament and going into the Peach Belt tournament before and all the, all the whole season, and re- really, how has the experience under him been? I know this is your, this is your first year at Lander, too, so you might have a unique perspective not on not having two different coaches your college career. For at least for Lander. So, like, how, how did his coaching and all that really impact the team for the season to be as remarkable as it was? Um, he made us, from, from jump, you know, we were tight. We, we didn't really know each other, but we, he did a lot of things, you know, in the preseason. We basically we suffered together. So, mm-hmm. you know, going through all that in the preseason, it just yeah. kind of, we just started clicking and everything just got tight with us. So, you know, I could – applaud him for that he he definitely helped us with that and then just throughout the season just playing under him you know defensively our mindset changed rebounded we just became physical and he always had trust in us no matter what you know we lost we won he always knew coming back the next game we were going to play hard and you know in practice, we're going to give everything we had. So yeah. he's always had our back throughout the season, and I love that about him. That's awesome. And That's let, awesome. Let me ask you this real quick. I'm going to ask another question. Um, as a spectator, really, it seems like a lot – I don't know about how you you as a player feel about this, but as a spectator, it seems like like the coach is always kind of – he seems like real hard-headed on you guys. If yeah. you watch from like the, like the bench, he's always screaming. He's always getting on you all to like do your best. And I know it's like the coach is trying to get you to do your best. Yeah. But he's always, seen, like, he's always screaming, seems like he's being real tough on you all. Is that kind of how it is? And I mean, during the during your championship game in the final, I got I, I was a videographer that for that game, and I got a great video of him cheering yeah. and like throwing his <laughs> fist. And I don't think I ever seen him cheer and throw his fist like once the whole season. <laughs> so it was great to see that. But is he like is he like <clears throat> what he shows like what he puts out there as like being a real hard headed guy? Or is he kind of is he kind of chill with y'all in the locker room? Is more like just kind of being out there like that? Um. All right, so he'll probably kill me when he hears this. <laughs> you know, his family, he has, you know, two kids. And with them, he's like a, a six nine teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we go to his house, you know, it's just like he's the softest guy. You would never, you would never think it's just like, you know, he's, he's different. But, you know, around us, he's very jokey. He loves yeah. to joke. He, he's always clowning us and saying something crazy. Yeah. In practice, you know, he gets a little serious, but he still jokes throughout. But, you know, he during the game – it's something he doesn't like, you know. Like y'all see, throwing throwing the water, water. Yeah. <laughs> all the different emotions. He he's a very emotional guy when it comes to yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So it's it's about the same, but he's more he's more laid back and yeah. real a real funny guy. That's, that's that. good to know. That's all. That's that's guy. awesome. That's awesome. Last question. Last question. Here you go. Being a senior, what will what will you take away from this team and your career at Lander as a whole, whether it could be on the basketball court or not? What, what will you take away? Um, first, I would just take away, you know, all these guys are family, mm-hmm. you know, from coaching staff to down to all the players, you know. Coaches, you know, before I even committed, you know, I was talking to them, and they just made me feel welcome, like just made me feel like I could fit in here and you know and I appreciate all the coaches for that and then with the players of course those are like my brothers now yeah. you know I 
I've said this before with JUCO with junior college, you know, it, you you form a real tight bond with a lot of guys, and mm-hmm. that never breaks after that because I'm still cool with a lot of those guys, mm-hmm. and I can say the same thing for for these guys here. And you know, I know that I was with a team full of uh, dogs, you know, guys that love to work and yeah. get after it. So that's one thing I've definitely taken in. It's just a group of winners. I can come back here yeah. and see a banner in the gym, and it's just like. Me and my boys, we help put that up. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, like, yeah, you're at JUCO for a while, and this is your one only season at Lander. Was there anybody, like, there's another question I'm just going to add. Was there any, like, any guy on the team that really stood out to you that, like, kind of helped you, put you under their wing maybe, being, like, this first-year player? Any guy that really stood out to you that you may want to give a shout-out to this stuff? I can't, you know, putting – I, I kind of, you know, <laughs> with, with a few of the freshmen, I kind of, like, you know, work with them. But I give out, like, two, two for sure, two shout-outs to two guys uh, – Dion and uh, LaRaymond, mm-hmm. Raymond Spivery. You know, Ray, me and Ray, we were both, you know, the guards, and we came in, you know, they were kind of on us, you know. We went through some stuff preseason. He went through some injuries preseason, facing injuries throughout the season. But, you know, Ray stuck through it. He didn't have the season he thought he would. But, you know, coming into this tournament, you know, a lot of a lot of people were backing off of him because he couldn't, they mm-hmm. thought he couldn't shoot. And, you know, he, his IQ was just – off the charts so he he went in the gym he got in the gym a lot of late nights and started working and you saw he had 19 points against Georgia College and that really helped us and he also played solid two in the championship game and with Dion Dion's a gym rat and (laughs) I I, I absolutely love that the whole season gym rat you know he was on us hard about getting in the gym he was he's just a gym rat and I love that you know that's awesome you can't, you know, get mad at a player that's always in the gym and mm-hmm. somebody that's not afraid to take over at the right moments. No. So. Yeah. T- Tyler, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. That's all the questions we have. Do you have any questions for us? Um, Oh, thank uh, God for uh, yeah. letting me come uh, Yeah, we re- first of all, we want to thank you so much for your time. I know you got to get to practice real fast, but thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's so cool. And you'll see this on Instagram later on, uh, so you can share it around and whatnot. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to go into a short break. Tyler's got to head to practice, and uh, then we'll be back with the rest of our show. But, Tyler, uh, Tyler Brevard, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you all. Hello and welcome back to Off the Bench. We're so glad that you're listening to us today on this fine Wednesday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. We are so glad to be your entertainment for those two hours. Uh, We really love to talk sports and... uh, uh, as always, uh, we are always on Off the Bench XLR on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Google Play Music. Go, um, iTunes, iTunes and Spotify. And Spotify yeah. uh, we are on all of them, all the, all of the platforms. We are so glad uh, to be with you. Uh, and if you miss a show, miss any segment of a show, uh, we will be, um, we will have our full and full episode. Um, on those um, Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes um, in their podcast sections or whatnot. Uh, but earlier in the show, let's do a little recap. We had Tyler Brevard. He was the MVP of the Peach Belt Conference uh, Men's Basketball Championship. As the as you know, uh, Lander Men's Basketball won this past uh, weekend. And women's. Um, yeah, nice. yeah, the women's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how often it happens, but back or not back to back, but men's and women's winning their conference championships. That doesn't even happen in D one colleges or D one schools. So no, big no. congratulations to them, and they're both going into the uh, 
both going into the NCAA tournament. The men, like we said in the interview, they're going in as the five seed against Augusta in their tournament. And then the women's team is actually one of the number one seeds in the eight different regions in uh, the women's basketball tournament. They're the number one seed in the Southeast tournament. And we are, Lander as a whole, is hosting the southeastern turn the southeastern region this weekend so for the women's for the women's yes yeah. so definitely if you're a student uh listening to this please come out and support the women's team they are phenomenal and uh you won't regret seeing one of their games because they I'll, I'll be honest with you they bully the other teams real bad we 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 kick some butt when it comes to women's basketball so certainly come out and see see our lady our ladies play but yeah so but speaking of like college basketball and everything uh, in college sports in general, there hasn't been too too much talk. College basketball a little bit more. You got champion. You got champ week uh, this week with all the all the tournaments coming up. All the SEC, ACT, Big Ten, Big East, all those tournaments, and even some have already really been played. And some some schools already punching their ticket to the NCAA tournament. But we will get to that in a little bit. We have we have a couple a uh, little little some stuff to talk about college football because you know we do we we are mainly. I mean, we say we're all sports, but we're mainly a football. We're mainly a yeah. football podcast. Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, so there there was a couple of um, of you know speculation. There was uh, there's been a little talk. You know, just a little little cloud up in the air uh, about uh, the um, about the college football playoff format. It's been a big talk. You know, a lot of people don't really like it. They like it. Blah 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 blah. Well, let's talk about it. Oh, you know, yeah. we're a sports talk show. Let's talk about it. Why don't we? So, a lot. There's a lot of people talking about the extension of the playoffs. You know, some people want it to be pushed to uh, six or eight teams. You know, eight teams is probably more more logically. But you know, we got to think about they're already playing 15 games a season. That's a long season. Mm-hmm. They play from August all the way to um the end of january yeah and so it's a long season nfl what do they play what is it 17 is 16 17 17 all the way to the super bowl they have well let me me make sure i got my math right they have 17 week season but they only play 16 games due to a bye and then they get maybe like they don't know they don't even unless you're you have a bye in the playoffs you don't get a week off because wild card starts the weekend right after the regular season so no weeks off um, and then you have, depending on it, you have up to four games. Yeah, up to four games you play if you are a wild card team making the Super Bowl. So you can have potentially twenty total games in a season. Let it, and and you have your four preseason, so twenty four total. So which that could be changing with the new CBA coming out, which wants to be a uh, a uh, what, what is it a fourteen team playoff in a seventeen a seventeen game season with an eighteen weeks with an eighteen week season. So um, certainly different, but but yeah, you're right. Like I mean, there's there's less games played in college and. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but there's there is like a big like couple week break at the end of the season, right? Between yeah. the bowl games and the regular season, because the, the college football regular season ends what the first week of December? Is that about right? You're you're the college football expert here, so that's about right. The first week of December, yeah. And then they uh, then bowl games start the really like new the couple days before New Year's, yeah. And then throughout that week, so like the New Year's six bowls and all that. So yeah, the expansion, in my opinion, like the expansion to eight teams in the and the playoff is a good. I think that's a great decision. I've kind of said throughout the when we did our whole college playoff debate earlier in the year. I've like eight teams is what I, I want. I think it's a way better system because before before even the playoff, it was just the top two teams when it was like the BCS. Mm-hmm. It was just the top two teams. That was it. If you and it was that was really the matter of if you lose one game, 
that's it. Unless every team in the whole entire country can lose one game, if you lose one game, you're out of the, you're out of the conversation regardless. And the playoff kind of helped that only for Clemson because they don't respect Clemson. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then um, the playoff kind of helped that because now you have if a team loses one game, they might drop in the rankings, but they can fight their way back up a little bit and maybe make the three or the four seed, such as Oklahoma this past season. They lost that brutal game to Kansas State, fell back uh, to around the ten spot, given a little more, a little less. I can't remember exactly where they fell. But then they fought their way back eventually, like beating. Baylor a couple times, and uh, I think they won. They won, did win their conference, and they got to that four seed, only to get uh, get blown out by LSU in the national semifinal. But the four the four team playoff system allowed more teams to get in, and it allowed a more variety. And you could have an upset potentially because back when it was the BCS, like I said, and it was only two teams. Uh, I mean, it was the best two teams in the country. I mean, given that you have the best two teams playing, that's what you want for your championship game. But with the the part of the parts of playoffs in all sports really are that you can have the chance of having an upset and that happened the first year honestly yeah the first year the playoff was a thing what was it Ohio State was the four seed that was the Ezekiel Elliott team uh, they were the four seed went all the way to the championship beat at Alabama in the uh, national championship and so that really showed to me the potential of the playoff because you could have a four seed make it all the way and so. In the in the norm in the old fashioned way, the four seed would just get like the Rose Bowl or the Peach Bowl or New Year's Six, whatever they wanted, depending on what conference they were in. They would get that, and that'd be the end of it. But now with the new system, it allows them to potentially be a national champion. And with the expansion to eight teams, that can allow even more teams to have a shot at a national championships. So, like this past season, you would have had teams like Oregon, you would have had teams like Utah, uh, Minnesota. No, I think they dropped a little out of the eight spot. But you would have had teams like that. Alabama would have gotten a chance to play as well. They would have shots at the national championship, and who knows if Alabama had gotten in the playoff in an 18 thing? Who knows what they could have done? Because Lord knows what Nick Saban can do, given whatever players they get. I'm sure Jamison's already going to be hating on me for that statement right there. But <laughs> if it's an 18, and I've heard I've heard some things, or there's been some speculation as maybe a 16 team thing, which I don't think that's going to happen. No. That's not at least not a jump from four to 16. But I definitely think a six or an eight team more likely. I like an eight better. The six would still give buys to. I'm assuming the number one and number two two teams, but the eight the eight the what am I saying? The eight-team bracket, I think, would just be a way more step. Just give it just gives more teams an opportunity, and I think this would have been, been way it would have been way more entertaining of a playoff and a uh, and a, uh, what you call it, a postseason to college football than we already have. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, the bowl system works great, but it's kind of hard to equate like certain bowls are they better or worse than other bowls, and it's hard to tell, especially from like maybe just an avid or an average watcher of college football or just kind of like someone who's just tuning in they see the rose bowl and they see the peach bowl they're like well well, which one's really a bigger deal and it all depends on again like what conference you're in because like the rose bowl is always like the big what is it, the big 12 and the pac 12 i believe is the rose bowl yeah yeah so it, it's like uh, alabama can never make the rose bowl so it, it's interesting that way but you can still have it with the playoff you can still have a rose bowl you can still have a peach bowl you would just call it like maybe the national quarterfinal one of them is the peach bowl and you have the two teams and maybe they change it to where every, anybody can get in the rose bowl not just the pac 12 or the big 12 although i'm sure that would be met with a bunch of opposition because it's kind of like the rose bowl especially is just a historic thing they don't want to no one's gonna want to change that regardless but uh that, that's really my thought on it with the with an 18 thing i think it's a perfect idea um more teams in the playoff i think it's always a good idea as long as as long as it's not every team but yeah. you know more teams in the no playoffs I, see, I see that i see i see you. it can it can be pretty beneficial but we also got to think about injuries injuries are is college football is so injury prone and they already play such a long season it's you know they you know after the championship game there was six weeks until they started spring practice Mm -hmm. six weeks 
And so that's not a long time. And so you add another game. So obviously that would cut their breaks a little bit shorter. You know, I'm looking at this one thing right here and this guy this guy thinks you maybe maybe have the quarterfinals around December seventeenth, semifinals on New Year's Eve slash day, and finals around January fifteenth. So that does give you that that period if you have the semifinals uh, you know, right right there around New Year's and stuff like that. So that would really just push push that, that break up. You know, they this year they already had that really short season. You know, they only got like one one and a half weeks to recruit. Um, you know, just watching Clemson and Dabo, he said. I mean, they they only had one, about one to one and one and a half weeks to recruit for um, before they had to start working f- to get to fly out to um, where where did they play their champ their um, uh, where Arizona to play yeah. uh, Ohio State. You know, so and see that it's just. If they add the other game, that's going to push their season so much more shorter. I mean, they're going to have to start. They're going to, as soon as they, as soon as Clemson wins the ACC championship, then uh, they're going to have to start immediately working on playoffs and whatnot. So then they have to prepare for three teams. So it's, I, I see it both ways. You know, I think it's going to work good for both ways. But you got to think about the players and you know the the strain and their their schoolwork again, and so. It, it's going to, I think it'll be good both yeah, ways. Yeah, a good way to, I mean, the way that I think they should compare it is just like the NFL, because the NFL has no breaks throughout December. The NFL yeah. plays every week throughout December. And so. But it, yeah, but that's that's their job. Well, that's, okay, that's their job. That's true. And if you want to put the extra stress on students, that's that's one thing. Like when it comes to game total, I don't think it's not really going to add to the game total, because it'll add maybe an extra game if you say. Yeah, it will. If we do if we do an eight game, if we could do an eight game playoff, it will add one extra game. It'll add one extra game to it. That's if a team. Well, let me think. I'm trying to think of the way because any any if you have an 18 playoff and it's quarterfinal, it takes three games to win a national championship. That that's that's the way it would work, right? So if you are maybe a one seed, you I mean you potentially only could have one game in the in the tournament because you'd get out, and that can yeah. still happen under the current rules with a 14 playoff. One team gets out, and then every team, everything that's in the top in the eight team bracket every team potentially that would be in it is anyway going to get a bowl game in the current system so they all get one game to negate negate that the only option would be is that the two teams that make the national championship would have to play one extra game than you normally would under the current system so i think that the fact about having too many games for them is not going to be as big a factor as the breaks in between it because like you said yes it's the end of se- yeah, the se- end of the season for college football is like the first week of December, and that works good for like finals week for the student athletes because I mean being a student athlete's hard, and so you have the you have your finals week in the first or second week of December anyway, so that really helps them with that, and so not having that or potentially having just one less week to just you know recover your body from the season, prepare yourself for the postseason. That's that's gonna be an impact for sure. Yeah. But I don't like I don't know how like the NCAA really works, like their board works for this stuff. Like do they get input from the teams and the players? Like do players get to vote on this kind of stuff? Or nah. is it just like that, that that's yeah, okay, if it's no, that's the big thing. Because if the players don't even get a vote, there's no NCAA players association. There, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. So if the NCAA is just like, we want more money, this is going to get better deals, which an 18 playoff is for sure going to make them more money and get them yeah. another TV another and TV segment, so more TV deals and all that yeah. stuff. So they're going money, money on this one. Uh, and, but the thing is, I'm thinking is, in NFL, if we go to towards like the NFL, how the NFL has has their playoff um, structure, you know, you can lose multiple games and still be in the number one seed, like yeah. like the Baltimore Ravens. What did, what did they lose? They what, were fourteen and two. Yeah. So, and but the thing about I love the four four uh, four team playoff is 
every game matters. Yeah. Clemson, Alabama, LSU, you cannot lose a game where it's you're dropping. You know, Al- Alabama, LSU, and stuff like that, you know, they're okay. They lose a game, they'll probably drop around four. You know, but Clemson, you lose one game, you're going to freaking 25. You know what I'm saying? So, but I, but I, I love it because it makes the competition so much more so much more fun to watch. You know, you see them caring because every single game, every single second matters, and that's why I love the four team playoff is because it they cannot lose a game. It yeah. does not matter. I mean, so it's it brings so the, all the fans because you know you're going to get that team's very best, mm-hmm. and so that's what I love so much about watching um, the four team playoff is because. It's the best of the best who is going to get in. Nothing less. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on this because I, I I sense a little bit of bias here, right? As a Clemson, you're a Clemson no. fan. Well, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. Let me let me point this out. Let me point this out because I mean this this might not be the right way, but this is the way I'm hearing this is that, um, like you're 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 a Clemson fan and you're one of the f- lucky few in the country who gets to cheer for a team that's actually successful. For the majority <laughs> of college football fans. <laughs> Your team is not even in the top 25, and it's not the best team. For, like, statistics, the majority, right? There's more than, like, 100 schools that compete in this stuff. And so the majority of people are fans of teams that are not very good. And so for the outside fans, the teams that aren't always a top four team, who aren't always pretty much guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff, the eight-team playoff is a good system because it allows lesser teams to have a shot. Because you have, you have teams like the bottom half of the SEC, the majority of the ACC, really, the bottom half of the Big Ten, Big 12, those guys don't have a shot at really anything besides maybe a bowl game that's, like, on the bottom tier stuff, right? And, like, I'm a Kentucky fan, and we've won two straight bowl games this past year. I think our program's doing really good, (laughs) but we're not in the top four range because, like I said last show, it takes half a decade or more to really build a college football program just because it's a recruitment system. It's not a draft system like the NFL. And I'm not comparing it to the NFL in that respect, but I'm just saying, it's really hard to build a college football program. So for the, the fans of teams that don't have as successful of a programs, I, that's why I'm like a fan of the eight team because they could give us a shot. Kentucky was arguably a top 10 team two years ago in 2018. They could have had a shot at the but college football But you still have to playoff. make the eight team, though. Yes, you still have to make the eight team, I know, but it, it would give a new incentive because you're a 10 seed – if you're the number 10 team in the country, like Kentucky, Kentucky ended up as a 12 seed that season, I think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can have that extra push to But if they were, if, if Kentucky would have won every single game, they probably would have made it. Well, yeah, they, they would have been top. They would have been five or six. If they had won every game that year, they would have been, what were they that year? They were, they I'm finished 10 about, and Are two. we not talking about last year? I'm talking about 2018. Oh, when okay. I say, when I, I would say last year as two years ago and this year as in the past year. I have weird vocabulary, but that mm. makes sense. But last year is in 20, <laughs> so two years ago, 20, two seasons ago, 2018. If Kentucky had won every game, we would have had we would have been what was it? We would be 12 and 0 with a win against Georgia as our main win. So we definitely would have been in. But we ended up finishing uh, 10 and 2 across the entire season after the bowl game, beating uh, Penn State in that bowl game. But I'm just saying that the incentive for lower schools would be greater, and it would just be better for the fans of those schools. And that's why I think those people would be more agreeing upon. It, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong in the sense of saying that it's you fight the hardest, the best teams will make it in the top four because, like you said, every game matters because it's only like a 12 game season, mm-hmm. not barring the playoffs. But. That's easy to say. My, what I'm saying is it's easy to say for a Clemson fan because y'all are almost guaranteed like a football playoff, a college football playoff appearance because you're such a well-established and good program, like in Alabama, a Georgia, and LSU. Well, not really in LSU anymore, but like LSU was, Ohio State, those kind of schools, you always have a shot at the top four. Kentucky, um, Tennessee, 
all those like I'm just the SEC teams that because that's South Carolina, those kind of schools. They never have a shot at that top four just because of the way they are now. Maybe in a decade or half a decade or so they'll have a shot there, but right now they don't, and that's just the way college football is. Unless see, you have a fluke see, season, yeah. you really have no shot. At see, it. I disagree. I disagree because. Clemson's not guaranteed a a seed. They're not guaranteed well, every guaranteed, single game. By guaranteed, I mean every single day. Okay, I'm not Clemson, saying like they're, they're Clemson won absolutely every single game this year except for the last one. Clemson played North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was a close. It was a near loss. They didn't almost lose. They didn't. Yeah. It was a near. It was close. They, uh, they it was it was very close. Yes, but they didn't lose just because. They almost it was close to a loss that they dropped to number six. Was it number six? Five or six? Yeah, it was. Like I, was that, I yeah. think they dropped to six. Mm-hmm. Clemson dropped from one to six after that game. Yeah, they didn't lose a game. Yeah, and that's the result. Of and so, being and so that stuff. shows that shows. Just because everybody still knew that Clemson was good, everybody yeah. still knows that Clemson's great. Mm-hmm. Clemson's still expected to be number one just because they've they've proven themselves. But if Clemson goes out and loses the first game, they're not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're not that just because they did so well nineteen, eighteen, sixteen, seventeen. You know that doesn't mean anything because it's a new season. Yeah. And and so the thing is, I disagree because if Kentucky goes out there and wins every game. Then they'll make the playoffs. They will, and and so that's why I love it so much because every single game, you know, Clemson can go play Syracuse and not really worry that much if it was eighteen playoff, fourteen playoff. They're going to kick butt to get to that playoff round because it's four teams. You only get four teams mm-hmm. that can make that round. So the thing is, I'm the thing is I'm stressing is I feel like there's better competition. There's better. Um, better football games, better football games that you watch. You know, that puts, you know, the conference championships. They're on the line, too. I mean, they're watching everything. And so I think you're getting the best football with the four-team structure, with the eight-team structure. Then you're going to get, okay, all right, Clemson, they lose the game. They'll probably be eight. Alabama, you lose to LSU, uh, they'll definitely be four because it's LSU. You know, LSU goes undefeated. You're sh- you're for not, sure not this next year. And LSU's nah, be crap this yeah. next year. We, oh we yeah, we know that. that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, just hypothetical. <laughs> but the thing is, it's so many more teams that you don't have to play as hard in the four team structure. You have to play hard. Now your argument is uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, and all of those teams. You've got to be so good for so long in order to get re- respected. That's your argument, correct? Yeah, it takes a while. And to so, yeah, and so you want to be respected. Well, I understand that, but you still have to make it to number eight. Kentucky didn't even get close to number eight this year. Yeah, South Carolina, they didn't even make top twenty-five this year. Uh, Tennessee, that where were they at? They lost to Georgia, Georgia State. I mean, come on now. Um, but the, well, like Kentucky was on a four-string quarterback the whole year. But <laughs> well, if, we had, okay. if we had had our, if we had Lynn Bowden as our quarterback the entire season, we would have been in the top twenty-five guaranteed. Okay, top twenty-five. It. Okay, maybe. Least, I, I'll, maybe. maybe I'll go. Like, I'll give, maybe I'm gonna. I'll, I'll keep it at that. Okay, because he did set a <laughs> yeah. bunch of SEC records. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you that. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. If you're not there, I mean, if you're not going to be in the top eight the whole entire season, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so. The thing is, I'm arguing. Well, can they compete? Can six? Can five, six, seven, and eight? Can they really compete with 
one, two, three, and four. Depends, can they really compete? Depends with on the them? matchup. I mean, but, I mean yeah, yeah, but I mean, really think about. It. I mean, after after number four, after really number three. I mean, we've seen that with Oklahoma. They love, they glorify Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's never yeah. had a playoff win, victory. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm saying is that's just the talent after drop-off. after yeah. four. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Now Alabama, respectively, they were they were dropped back because they lost two games. They were yeah. they were below eight. Uh, if you lose two games, you should you should be out. But the thing is, after four, where's the competition? We had Georgia. Georgia was close. They lost two games. They lost to South Carolina. They mm-hmm. shouldn't be in either. But where else is the competition? Maybe maybe if they get to a sixteen playoff. Look, hear me out here. Maybe. Four teams have buys. Two teams play each other, kind of like a wild card. No, it would. If it was sixteen, it would be four teams with two buys. It would be like an NFL. It'd be like the NFL, like one conference. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yep, how they yep. would do it. And so, uh, that's 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 kind of what I'm what I what I think. I, I don't think there should be an eight team playoff just because I feel like there's better competition and better. Um, uh, fo- I feel like there's better football and stuff like that. So, hey guys, we're going to take a break real fast and we're going to come back. We're going to hit a lot of college football uh, and we may talk about Tua Tagovailoa just depending on our time frame. But uh, guys, stick with us. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back here on Off the Bench XLR. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on Off the Bench XLR here on Radio FX. We are always here uh, every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Radio FX. And if you miss any part of the show or miss the whole show, we will be on um, Spotify, iTunes, Ants, and uh, Google Play Music, and then our social media platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and all of our um, titles will be Off the Bench XLR. Uh, so you can type that in your search bar and follow us, give us a like, uh, comment us if you have any things to talk about. Uh, but we're going to jump right in. We've got breaking news here on the set. Uh, I don't think we've ever had breaking news during the I don't, I don't the know. Show. It seems like it seems like all of the breaking news comes out right comes, after exactly. the show. It comes out at like 6.30. Yeah. Uh, so we do have breaking news from the NCAA. I'm going to read you a little um, a little. Uh, what, statement. Uh, statement, statement, statement from the thank you, thank you, Hayden <laughs> Joiner. Uh, we need to get him, get him from my uh, dictionary. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but there is a statement released by the NCAA. Um, and saying that the NCAA continues to assess the impact of the coronavirus in consultation uh, with public health officials and our coronavirus advisory panel. Based on their advice and my discussions with the NCAA Board of Governors, I have made the decision to conduct our upcoming championship events, including the Division I men's and women's basketball tournaments with our essential staff and limited family attendance. While I understand how disappointing uh, this is for all of our fans of our sports, my decision is based on the current understanding of the of how the coronavirus is pro- progressing in the U.S. This decision is the best interest of the public health, including that of coaches, administrators, fans, and most impor- importantly, student-athletes. We recognize the opportunity to compete in an NCAA national championship is an 
experience of a lifetime for the students and their families. Today, we will move forward and conduct championships consistent with the current information and will continue to monitor and make adjustments as needed. So what that just now said was that there's going to be no fans allowed except for uh, except for family members and uh, administrators uh, at the uh, Division One men's and women's uh, college basketball level. Um, the only people that will be allowed at the games is the fans, uh, administrators uh, with the schools. Uh, not fans, but family members and, yeah, members um, and staff. Yeah, yeah. staff. So uh, there will be no fans allowed at these uh, at the March Madness. You know the glorified um, uh, gambling mm-hmm. webs gambling source of March. Uh, but uh, that's such a bummer. You know nobody wants to ever uh, hear that from NCAA. But um, you know. At, Public health is first and foremost the most important issue. Uh, and then, you know, I know there's a lot of fans that probably had tickets or whatnot, but you will not be allowed to be going to those games. It does not matter. Um, uh, right As of right now, you know, they they said they would make adjustments if, in case something happens or whatnot, but yeah. uh, I highly doubt it. And so, uh, so it's uh it's unfortunate but public health is very important uh but just just breaking uh 10 minutes ago that fans yeah. will not be invited to the college college division 1 NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, and as at least for me cuz I'm an avid college basketball fan and watcher and all that. I I mean, I I have mixed opinions on this really cuz I mean, I understand, yeah, it's in the interest of public health and I know European soccer leagues have already taken away fans from their games and the NBA has been talking recently about trying to make adjustments uh to to combat this uh the COVID-19 virus and the coronavirus and uh the big news that came out a couple days ago was that the NBA, NHL, MLB, and the MLS, they're all cutting locker room and clubhouse access to media to help prevent it. And they have like a like a six to eight foot barrier around all players in the locker room to keep the spread away. So they're being real intent on that. And then there's also been news recently about commissioners and the NBA and the owners meeting to potentially um, dr- change suspending game operations or changing stuff around the games, maybe taking fans away again to combat this virus. But uh, nothing in the NBA has really been done officially yet. The NCAA now is the first official, in, uh, I think, the first official sports organization in the uh, in the U.S. that has cut fan access now. Which for the conference tournaments, fans are still allowed because the NCAA is above that. They're at a different level. The conferences determine their conference tournaments rules, which. Um, taking that, taking back to that, the Ivy League conference, the, you know, the prestigious one, Yale, Harvard, Princeton, all those schools, they completely canceled their conference tournaments. Um, that was like, I think they came out a day or two ago. And the way they're working that is, uh, Yale was their regular season champion. So the Yale has a bid to the tournament now. And Princeton was the uh, winner for the women's regular season. So they have a bid. So there's not even a tournament. So those underdog teams in the Ivy league, they don't even have a shot at the tournament anymore of making a bid by winning the tournament. They're just out of it. So I know a lot of players I saw on Twitter, a lot of players from those schools were really mad about that, but I mean, it's seeing this virus going out. It's, this is just what's going to happen. And with March madness and the NCAA taking infect in this, it was just the next domino to fall. And I wouldn't be surprised if more tournaments cut short a lot of the conference tournaments have already started so i don't they're not going to cut it short anymore um the sec tournament starts today i don't know if it's already started the show being filmed at uh at right now it's uh, about five o'clock p.m on wednesday so i don't know if the sec tournament has already started i, I think i think a game has already started by now 
But they, they most conferences can't cut anything short as of yet. But with now the NCAA tournament, sadly, uh, no fans. <clears throat> I got like I gotta say honestly, I'm disappointed in it because I mean yeah yeah one I'll say yeah one that we're trying to keep the student athletes safe, and I'm I'm the first to admit that's that's obviously the most important thing. Um, I feel like they maybe could have gone a different direction with this potentially. Um, whether what that direction is, I couldn't tell you because this news just came out. I haven't had too much time to think about it. This is really like my first thoughts on the on the matter. But the fact that now no fans are going to get to go support their teams, all the ticket I don't even know what's going to happen with the ticket holders for these games. If you bought it on, I'm assuming if you bought a ticket on the NCAA website, you'll get a refund. But for everybody who bought tickets from third party sites or from like from hand to hand payments or just personal payments, I, I'm, I'm I think they're screwed for that. But barring all of that, it's going to be watching the games on on TV is going to be a is certainly a different experience. Because I mean, I've seen photos and videos of the like I said, the European soccer matches being played with empty stadiums, and that's just creepy as well to see. Um, but it kind of looks like like a high school soccer game or something, just played like you know, like a like a state championship from like a from like the worst region in the state and played it, you know, <laughs> you know, like the like region five or whatever in South Carolina playing at uh, Williams Bryce Stadium. It looks like one of those games. We have like maybe ten people there, but in that case in Europe, there's literally nobody in the stadium. But it's, I mean, it says there's going to be family there, so there will be some people in the stands, or maybe they'll put them all in the separate suite boxes to yeah. contain them as well. Oh, yeah. Who knows what they're going to do about that? Or if they're just going to let them roam, roam the uh, the stadium and pick whatever seat they want to sit in. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's going to be certainly weird. And I mean, like March Madness, man, March Madness, the whole atmosphere, the upsets, and the electricity of the atmosphere, and people placing bets with their brackets and all that. It's all a huge part of March. And this year, it's just not I, like because of this. It's just not going to feel the same way it usually does, and that that really saddens me. I mean, let's just call this March sadness instead of March <laughs> madness at this point. Oh, that's this great. This is going to be bad. That's the title of the show, by the way. That's Mar- definitely going to be the title. March sadness. March sadness. <laughs> March sadness. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, I respect. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> it's going to be like that, and I mean, just like you just think about all the great moments that have happened in March with uh, the NCAA tournament, like all the upsets, buzzer beaters, all that, and the crowds going crazy. None of that's going to happen this year. And that's that's I mean that's just disappointing. And to all the schools that, I mean, some schools really rely on their home crowd. A lot of those low seeded teams, the home crowd that shows up to support their team as like the 15, 14, 16 seed, that really helps them in potentially getting an upset. And playing in an empty stadium now, I don't. I, it's gonna be interesting filling up my bracket now because we're gonna be doing that after this upcoming Sunday because we have selection Sunday coming up. It's gonna be interesting because how many upsets are really going to happen this year if you don't have the crowd involved? Because the crowd's yeah. a huge factor in upset and stuff. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And if it's just now just skill on skill and you don't have the loudness fi- uh, factor or anything or anything like that, who knows what's going to happen? And so it's it's just going to be an odd thing. And there's I mean there's teams like like Duke North North Carolina's not making it in the tournament, but as an example, Duke North Carolina Kentucky uh, Virginia I know is really big. There's a lot of schools that have giant fan bases that travel really well. And they always support their teams in the tournament. That's not going to happen either. I'm a Kentucky fan. We call ourselves the Big Blue Nation because no matter where we play, whether it's in Portland, Oregon, Miami, Florida, or Lexington, Kentucky, we always have Kentucky fans there regardless. We travel extremely well. And there's now, besides family, none of, the, none of Big Blue Nation is going to get to the NCAA tournament. And that's just disappointing. So they said in the statement they're going to monitor it and maybe make adjustments. And the tournament is still a week or two away, a week and a half away it starts this upcoming weekend, I believe. So 
it's just, I mean, I, there's not much to say about this. This is all my initial reactions, but it's certainly going to be interesting. And yeah. uh, it's bracket filling out and all that. It's going to be compl- this. It's going to be completely different. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but you never know if let's say if it's like Duke versus you know uh, Winthrop. You know, let's say let's say Winthrop's D two, yeah. but blah blah blah. No, Winthrop's D one. Oh, is it yeah, really? Big, okay, Big South. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, but Winthrop, let's say if Winthrop made it into the tournament, or Wingate, whatever. But let's say, let's say if 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 it's Duke and Wingate, well, no, Wingate's then, D two. Okay, uh, <laughs> Winthrop. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. I only, uh, I only uh, know hypothet- that. I have a sibling going. That's the only reason I know. That. Hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetical. I, I got you. Um, if if this were to happen, Duke is going to come out winning because they don't need their fans. You know, Duke is Duke is a team that. They can play with the fans or not. So, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't. I think that the, all of the I think the higher seeds, the better the, the better the teams are ranked. I think they're going to come out performing just because of like they don't need the fans. You know, if you're if you're a, if you're a uh, if you're a Wingate or something like that, Winthrop, you know, and, and you're sitting in your. And you've got fans behind you just getting you hype. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be out ready to perform. But if you've got no, yeah. I, so I think it's going to be very, very impactful. This is something I've never experienced in my life. I've never, I've never heard of this. I mean, it's March Madness, man. Yeah. And so uh, fans not allowed. I just, I cannot imagine what's going on. But I, kn- I know the day games. The day games are going to be hard. You know, are usually not heavily uh fan impacted just because during the work schedule and whatnot but mm-hmm. still i think that's going there's going to be a very uh big impact it's just going to be weird um, watching it on tv it's going to oh, yeah, be so sure. strange because you're sure. just going to look and see no like no cheering when the basket goes in it's just going to be squeaking of the footsteps you'll hear a coach yell the players yell and that's about it and like again i just wonder like why man why has it got to happen in march madness because this is the biggest basketball event of the year Second, maybe, to the NBA Finals, but really, I think more people watch March Madness than the NBA Finals. Um, it just happened, like, it couldn't have happened back in, like, October when, I mean, then again, you have college football. I mean, there's more sports. You can put in the perspective, okay, good, it happened now because this is when the least amount of sports are going on right now. You have just, what, the XFL and men's basketball. That's really it. Besides, I mean, other spring sports in college, like, you have college baseball and all that going on. But people mainly watch the basketball, and the XFL is getting traction, too. But, it's got to happen now, and that's that's just so that's so. Just, I mean, it just that's that's really irritating, so disappointing, so unfortunate that it has that this coronavirus has to impact the NCAA tournament and really other sports leagues in general. Because, like I was saying earlier, the NBA has already taken precautions into limiting their player access, and like I said, the NHL, National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, and Major League Soccer are all cutting down locker room access. And um, per a report, a report from Adrian Wojnarowski that came out last night at like 1.30, I was still awake so I saw this, um, the NBA commissioner and all their owners decided they met up on like a conference call or something and saying that all options currently are on the table when it comes to um, limiting fan access to, to just the players in general, limiting media access, limiting fans in the stadiums entirely. Everything's on the table right now. And the news, news is honestly just coming in right now. News is coming in. And about maybe about an hour before the show hit, so about around three o'clock, two thirty, or another report came in about the Golden State Warriors and their Chase Center, their new arena, Chase Center. They are completely cutting fan stuff away from that uh, for for a little bit, like they're like for a little bit. They're gonna Chase Center. They play Brooklyn, I believe, uh, in a couple days. That's gonna be. They said uh, per Adrian Waj, like I said, 
completely the game's going to be empty for the stadium's going to be empty for that game it's just going to be the nets and the warriors playing and so that's going to be another odd thing so they're the first ones to do it i don't know if they're doing that completely or if they're just testing it just to see what it would be like if it was like the the tweets kind of vague but the nba especially the the ncaa is different because it's college the nba and all these major sports organizations that's what i'm gonna i want to get into now because they make money off this well the ncaa makes kind of some money off this too but they're they're like a student they're not student run but they're a student-based thing the nba is a business it recruits the best players to put on a product and the fact that they have a virus going out right now that could potentially impact their product is going to be is a way big situation for those guys and so, Jameson, how do you feel about this? Because I know we kind of have different like, opinions on this business kind of aspect of the NFL and the NBA and sports in general. The NBA, in my opinion, really, the NBA is saying they're going to shut down some games, they're going to cut fan access, and I think they might eventually. But I'm seeing that as their last resort. I've, if the NBA is doing this, I have a feeling they're going to just go down the ladder of just slowly limiting and limiting and limiting, just hoping that this virus goes away at some point soon. Because if not, I think the, the last thing they want to do is cut fan attendance completely. Because that's going to lose them all the ticket revenue. And it could hurt or benefit TV revenue. It depends on how you look at it. Because, one, you'd have more fans at home watching TV. But, two, would you want to watch an NBA game that has nobody there? Maybe for like the first maybe for the first couple games, people will be like, this is interesting. Let's see what it's like. But then it will get boring. Because I have a feeling it's going to be way more boring. It's going to be like watching a pickup game for a middle school, right? The players are going to be a little bit better. But you're going to have no crowd there. So it's it's just going to be odd to me. And uh, another interesting, uh, I just thought of this, like like I was saying earlier, like you're only going to hear squeaks of the of the shoes, coaches yelling. It's like the soundscape's going to be really weird too. And I'm sure they're going to have to use a lot more bleeps because if you can have a microphone in that stadium, NBA players cuss like a sailor, and so they're going to have to have to use a lot more bleeps. Than that it's just going to be a completely different experience. But Jameson, how do you feel about this? Like you the know, NBA and the major leagues really yeah. doing this? Uh, it's it's going to be totally different. You know, honestly. I'm I'm kind of excited to see just what it's like. I've never seen a game without fans there, so I'm kind of just curious. Not excited, but I'm just curious about what's going to happen. You know, how's the game? I feel it. Honestly, I feel like it's just going to be like a little scrimmage. You know, just kind of yeah. like what you think of like a summer league kind of like game. You know, it'll where be like scrimmage. watching like the G League game. Yeah, you know? and so I think that's I think it's going to be like a little scrimmage. To be honest, I don't think they're I don't think they're going to really care. They're not going to be. I don't think the NBA players are going to be involved or going to be having fun. You know, it's it's going to be like a practice. To be honest, it's going to look like a practice, sound like a practice. Everything is probably going to happen like a practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, uh, but um, you know. In in the business aspect, I'm a business guy. I love to talk the num- the numbers and whatnot. But I think I think the NBA, the NCAA, MLB, NFL, whenever probably when the time comes or whatever, but it's not right now. But I think these teams are going to lose money. The teams are going to lose money, which is in turn is going to lose the league money. And so I, you're going to lose money no matter what what happens. You know, mm-hmm. they stop they stop sales. You know, the in the team makes makes money off of the sales. Uh, from the from the booth selling jerseys and stuff at the games, and so that's really going to be a big, um, big hurt to the to the dollar signs. What right now? I don't think we're going to see a big hurt just because um, it's so early. But I yeah. think later on, the more however long this virus is going on, I think then we're going to see a more hurting in the in the money and the money aspect and whatnot, uh, depending on how long this lasts. Yeah. But I don't think right now immediately it's not going to be an immediate impact on the money money aspect just because they got money in the bank right now. But a little bit later on, it's going to be a little drop because you know there's a couple games in here. There's zero dollars coming in. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think I think all of these team all of these leagues teams are going to lose money no matter what. Yeah, and cutting cutting media access I think right now th- as the first step is ma- the right thing to do because it's it's the easiest thing to do, you know. Yeah. Cutting locker room interactions because that's when the players are sweaty, they, they're changing, yeah. you know, you have a lot of germs going around the They locker. are they already don't like the media. I mean, yeah. that media is always in their face so get the media away. That's that's amazing for yeah, the so, players so and getting teams. getting that out is good. I'm assuming I don't know, I can't remember if or if this was part of that with the locker room stuff, if they're canceling post-game interviews or not, I don't think that's happened yet, but that could potentially be a next it pr- domino to it fall. It probably will. And then, you know, coming after that, they maybe would get players or get regular people off the courts or closer, you know, the, the people like sitting front row that could interact with the players, maybe dropping a few rows back in the stands to just put a more bubble around the players because the players are their assets. But that's I, NBA's I, assets. Think, I think what what's going on right here, what's going to happen is they're worried about the players first and foremost. But second, they're also worried about the spread of the virus within the fans. So I think they're going to cut the fans out like the NCAA because that that spread of the virus is so contagious. And so it doesn't matter where they're sitting. You're going to sit beside somebody you don't know. Let's say if somebody comes in, they have it. They don't know if they have it right then, Mm -hmm. but then – five minutes later, they might have it. They might feel the symptoms. And so that's whenever it's going to be the spread of – it probably is not going to get to the players, but it's going to eventually get to the other fans. Then it's going to spread, 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 and it's just going to create a domino effect no matter where they are. So I think the less events that are happening, the better. The less events with all of these people, the better, just because of the the fans could have it, and it's just going to spread, 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 just like a domino yeah, effect. Yeah, that's, that's the reasoning behind canceling. The, that's what the NCAA just did in canceling fans from the tournament. That's what they want to prevent, and... I mean, in doing so, getting fans away is going to help protect the athletes as well. Because, like I just said, the NBA, the assets are the players. If they don't have players, the NBA, the NBA has no product. The NBA would not be a company and not make money without the players. That's that's who that's who gets it. If you throw all G League players in the NBA, NBA is not making as much money as they could be. So that's the kind of the aspect of what canceling all, getting rid of all the fans do is going to be. That's but doing so is what makes me think the NBA is not going to do that. At least not yet. Because of the the revenue loss and all that, and they're gonna again like put. I think they're just gonna slowly go in, and put a bubble around the players, protect them as much as possible. Because right now, at least, since they haven't canceled games besides the Warriors for like one game or whatever that deal is, the NBA hasn't canceled fans yet, and the MLB hasn't, and the NHL and the MLS haven't either. So the fans are still gonna come to the games. I, fans are not gonna say, you know, I don't want to go to the game because I might get coronavirus. Fans aren't gonna think that. At least for the majority, 99.9% of people, you're not going to think about that. Because, I mean, from personal experience, I'm not walking around campus right now worrying about, hey, do I want to touch this door handle? I might get coronavirus. I mean, one, there's no confirmed cases in our entire county. So that's one thing to be safe about. But two, I'm not, like, just as a personal person, I'm not scared of this virus. Like, I'm not walking around stressing and worrying, having anxiety about getting it. And I don't think fans of sporting events are going to be doing that either. Fans are still going to go to the games, and the only thing that's going to keep them from going to the games is going to be these leagues banning it. And sadly, that's what the NCAA just did. And it, it affects me more about the NCAA than the NBA. Because the NBA could throw fans away from the games. They're still going to make money on TV and ad and all that stuff. They're, they're going to lose money, but not the effect that March Madness might lose uh, NCAA, the NCAA money. But the NCAA, like I said earlier, is affected so much by the fans of the teams and because of all the underdog scenarios and all that. It's still the NBA regular season. Most teams have locked a playoff spot 
or not most teams, but a few teams have already locked up playoff spots. It's coming towards the end of the season, and this virus is not like I'll say this right now. This virus is not going to. I don't think it's going to last past May once the weather really heats up, especially like down south and all that. I mean, it, we're talking about nationwide here, but once once the weather heats up, virus mm-hmm. is going away. Viruses don't really last past the spring or summer just because of the heat and all that. That's why they always accumulate during the winter. So. NBA Finals time and the NBA Playoffs time, this thing's going to be over with. I think it's going to be fine. That's just what sucks about March Madness is that it happens in March, right at the transition between winter and spring, right when these viruses are really picking yeah, up. Yeah, and, and viruses also help in the transition, you know, ex- especially where we are. But, I mean, it's all over the place. It goes from cold to hot, cold to hot, cold to hot, and that's when a lot of just sicknesses become just really, really spread and really become effective is because your your body's used to the cold and then it gets warm, like like mm-hmm. what we're experiencing here at Lander University. Yeah, it's like it's, what? it's what been it, cold now, like seventy yeah, something. It, it's like right, seventy five. Right now outside. it is um what what is the temperature? Seventy three outside. Yeah, I was wearing double and jackets so, just this past weekend. Yeah, and, and like, so it's the weather fluctuates and that really causes uh, body temperatures to not react well. And whatnot. Hey guys, we're going to go to a quick break, uh, and uh, we've been talking about this coronavirus. We're going to head in, uh, head into some more. We're probably talking a little bit more about the coronavirus and talking about NBA, uh, NFL for sure. You know, Hayden's got to get his NFL. And <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, we're going to take a break. You guys are listening to Off the Bench XLR here at uh, Lander University, uh, XLR Lander University Radio. So we really appreciate it. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on Off the Bench XLR. Thank you so much for joining us here on this fine Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. We love having you uh, listening to our show. We love talking about sports. Uh, Hopefully you do the same. Uh, As always, we are on Off the Bench XLR, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Off the Bench on um, Spotify, um, we're iTunes and Google Play. So if you miss a show, uh, miss a part of the show, uh, get, be sure to tune in there to listen and uh, to see our full, um, to see all of our social media stuff. Uh, tune in to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate you guys, uh, all of your support, all of your follows, everything like that. So thank you so much. Uh, we love and we would love to hear feedback. We want to hear your feedback. We want it. We want to. If you guys want to talk about, want us to talk about something, we want you to talk about it. Tweet us during the show. Tweet us whenever you want. Uh, we want to talk about what you want to talk about. So it doesn't matter what it is. If it's hockey, we'll talk about it. If it's cricket, we'll find a way to talk about it. Uh, so guys, be sure uh, to comment us, DM us, uh, message us, whatever it, whatever the case may be. Uh, let us know what. Uh, uh, what what you want us to talk about? We'll love to talk about. It. If you want to debate us, if you want uh, if you want to uh, disagree with something, let us know. If you disagree with something, we'll love to uh, we'll love to hear it and what you disagree with us out. You're probably going to be wrong because I'm usually always right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, for real, uh, if you disagree with something, uh, let us know. Uh, comment us or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, but guys, we're going to dive in. We're going to head into SEC. Boo. ACC, woo! <laughs> uh, ACC stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about college basketball. We just now got done talking about the coronavirus of all of the NCAA tournament, uh, but we're going to dive into these uh, these different brackets or whatnot of the conference championships and whatnot. The biggest, two biggest conferences. You got ACC, SEC works. So we're going to dive in that. Uh, so. 
Yeah. Hayden, take us away. Well, the ACC tournament started, what was it, yesterday? I think it started yesterday or the day before. Mon- or it might have been Monday. I can't ever remember the times. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. It started Tuesday. The SEC start- and the SEC's tournament started today. March 11th, so these are these are two of the main two of the big conferences. The ACC tournament started yesterday. Yes, yeah, yeah. and the SEC tournament started today. And these are two you know two Power Five conferences. And of course, you have like in college basketball, there's there's really like a Power Six or Seven or Eight really because you have like the Big East is always competitive, and you have uh, let me think think like the Horizon League, the American Conference, all those they're always competitive in NCAA and for basketball just because uh the you know there's, there's more competition really. So. But you know me and Jameson, Kentucky fan for for me, and Jameson, you're a Clemson fan. We're big on the SEC and the ACC. Those are our yeah. main, those are the main ones we pay attention to. And so, with both tournaments kicking off, some games have already been played. Um, I fe- I figured it'd be interesting, you know, to give our predictions for it because these these tournaments are going to wrap up this upcoming weekend and then into Selection Sunday, um, of course, this upcoming Sunday, so we can get all our brackets out. And so, the ACC and the in- and the ACC and the SCC. That's a mouthful. They, you have like you have some some competitors in those in those leagues. You have uh, Kentucky and Auburn out of the SEC, and and for the ACC, you have a bunch of teams: Florida State, Duke, Virginia, Louisville, all top twenty-five teams, all vying for a national championship. They all have that aspiration going for them, and so and then both both conferences also they got some bubble teams down there who really need a push to potentially make the tournament. You know, you got like NC State coming out of the ACC, and then you got teams teams like Texas A&M, South Carolina, who who are kind of around the bubble area right now, who might make it in or might not, depending on how well they do. And so, again, I figured it would be kind of interesting to show what our predictions are. You know, maybe I could put this, put this on the Instagram, you know, have a little competition out of this. But, Jameson, you're a big ACC guy. This is a tournament that's already kicked off. It's the one. It's more. It's further along. You know, we're all the way. We're about up to the quarterfinals at this point. By the end of the day, we have another matchup. We have Notre Dame and Boston College at seven o'clock tonight, and we have North Carolina and Syracuse at eight o'clock tonight. So those games are getting played, and after that, we'll have our semifinals matched up. Your Clemson Tigers just beat Miami. Um, what was it today? I believe to uh, to advance all the way to their quarterfinals. That was their first match, and they will play number one Florida State in the ACC. So, uh, Jameson, how do you what, what do you think is going to happen in this ACC? Because uh, you're a Clemson fan, and they're 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 kind of low. They're not a big basketball school, but you got them going far, maybe making an upset in the tournament, or who who you got winning this thing? Oh man, the ACC. Oh, the good old ACC. Uh, Clemson, you know, Clemson's really played very very good. Uh, uh, basketball lately, you know they're not playing the best, but they're playing good. They're not, they're not winning every game, which I would don't expect them to. They're they're a football school. They're mm-hmm. terrible. They're they used to be terrible at basketball, but they've beaten Florida State this year. That's who they're playing. Is number Florida State is the number one seed um, in in the uh, ACC, and Clemson's actually playing them uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, so Clemson, they could beat them again for the second time in a row, um, but they just not beat Miami, sixty nine to sixty four today. NC State just now beat Pittsburgh, eighty one to seventy two. North Carolina beats Virginia Tech, seventy eight to fifty six, and Clemson beat Miami, sixty nine <laughs> to sixty four. Um, but I don't think they're going to win it all the way. I mean, if they do, awesome. That'd be absolutely incredible. Uh, but um, I don't. I don't see them going all the way. You know, I see Duke, Virginia, and Louisville. Those two out of those three teams, Clemson has beat already this year. Uh, I think they lost to Virginia earlier on in the season. But 
I can see, I can see right now. Uh, I'm gonna take Duke or Louisville. Mm-hmm. Duke or Louisville cool. is gonna win the uh, all all um, of the ACC. So I'm gonna take Duke. My two, Duke, my two Duke least is, favorite teams in college <laughs> basketball. You had to pick. You picked either one of them. That's that's, but, that's uh, all right. But I, I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Duke and Louisville. Uh, I think. You know, wherever they go, they go. But uh, I'm sure Duke is going to win it all. I, I love watching Coach do you, K. Do you think Clemson has a shot against Florida State? Because I mean, yes. if, if Florida, if Clemson, I mean Clemson right now, they're not they're not even on the bubble. They're kind of they're not making the tournament as of yet, unless they win this tournament, the ACC. I don't. They're not making the NCAA because they're six, sitting at 16 and 15 right now. Um, they're they're far out there. But if they can get a couple quality wins, maybe against Florida State and maybe Duke, who knows what the committee might think? Well, well, Clemson has already beat Florida State. They beat them uh, two Saturdays ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's a very po- very good positive, huge win for Clemson uh, beating Florida State. Um, so I think they've got a great shot of winning them, beating them again. It's not, it's going to be a tough win, but they've got to, they're going to have to work their butt off for it. Mm-hmm. And then if they play Duke, they've already beat Duke once this season. So they can beat if they can beat Duke, then they've got a shot. And then if they get to one game, you know, I think I think I think they can win it. I, I do think they, they can, that they can win it. Well, I mean, I, I just said like Louisville and Duke are my two least favorite teams, and as a Kentucky fan and especially a Kentucky basketball fan, anybody can see why. But I I mean, if we're going based, if I'm just basing stuff off of like who I think is the best team in the ACC and who I really think is going to win this, because I mean, I could put my personal problems to a side and, uh, and actually point out who I think is going to win this thing. I'm going to have to agree with you that I think Duke is the best team in this conference. Florida State, obviously, number one seed, and Duke's the number four. So they're not even, they're the worst team of all the teams that got a double bye. Because you have Florida State as the one seed, Virginia as the two seed, and Louisville as the three seed. But. Duke, I think they're going to make it all the way. I can s- Florida State and Duke are going to meet in the semifinals. I guarantee that. It's, it, I, I mean, <laughs> Clemson's beating Florida Davis State. Davidson's going all the way. But I'll put a little asterisk on this for now. But I think Florida State and Duke are going to. It's going to. They're going to meet in the semifinals, and that's going to be a really close game. I think whoever comes out of that's going to win because out of Louisville and Virginia, Louisville's shaky. They've been shaky most of the year. Virginia is also. They're they're not they play have a different play style than normal. They have they're a very defensive minded team. They can they hold opponents to like around fifty points a game, and they'll put up maybe fifty six, sixty maybe, and that that's that'll do it for them when it comes. And so I just think Virginia they could they could win the ACC because it's a different play style. It's hard to prepare for, but it also could be their downfall downfall because if they fight if they play against a high octane offense like Florida State, like Duke, because they've been those two teams have been outstanding this whole year. If they get into a fight with one of those, I think one of those two teams are going to come out victorious Duke or Florida State and I'm gonna have to go with Duke overall as the number one team coming out of this conference coming to the tournament winning the ACC but elevating them to I, th- I believe like a three seed because I think there are there are three or a four right now in the bracketology right now who is this Duke yeah Duke's so number four there uh no, no no in the NCAA tournament not not oh, in the oh, ACC. Okay, I can't remember okay. if there are three or a four when it comes to the NCAA tournament projections but I think if they win they're going to finish out as a three maybe a two if there's some Kentucky bias in there or some other people lose and they want to drop Kentucky because Kentucky's currently a, currently a three or a two but I'm gonna go with that now that I mentioned an asterisk on this tournament right and that's because NC State just beat Pittsburgh and NC State, I, they're the five seed, and I can real I can really see them potentially getting an upset over Duke. More so, Clemson, like Clemson beating Florida State, I think is less likely to happen than NC State beating Duke. And NC State, they they they've been an up and down team this year. They, ha- they don't really have too many quality quality wins, but they've been a, they're a team that's been on the bubble pretty much this entire year and really all of last year, and they're really trying to make their mark. 
and they're going to have that fight in them to make to get a quality win. If they can get at least just one quality win in this tournament, they don't even have to win the whole thing. But if they get one quality win, win which would be against Duke, they that could push them to make this tournament because right now they are on the bubble, and if they really want to make their mark known and push the tournament because they've been on the bubble, like I said, for this year and really all of last year they were close to it as well. But NC State, the Wolfpack, 20-12 and 12 right now, 5C in the ACC. If they can beat Duke, I think that's going to be that's a realistic thing to happen. And that game's going to when, – when's that game happening? That game is happening uh, – What are you talking about? Quarterfinal, that's tomorrow. Yeah. So they NC State. I was literally watching the NC State game today before the show because it, it started at 2 p.m. It ended right before the show started at around like 3:45. So I was like, I had this point in my show notes. I wanted to point out NC State, and I was like, man, if they lose against Pittsburgh, it's gonna ruin that whole statement. But they won, so I really think that they could have a shot at Duke. But uh, well, obviously, we'll see how that plays out. If Clemson beats Florida State and NC State beats Duke, then you might uh, then Louisville or Virginia has a really easy road to the finals. But yeah, we'll, <laughs> but, well Clemson's already beaten Louisville, so <laughs> hard, hard to beat a good team twice. But no, we'll shift gears here to the SEC tournament, my staple here. And uh, Jameson, I'm interested to see your opinion on this because you don't you don't follow SEC basketball as much as I do. I'm assuming, but the SEC. They're a worse conference than the ACC when it comes to basketball. The ACC, oh, for sure. The ACC is easily for one of the, sure. if not the best, the top two best conferences in college basketball. You know, North Carolina, even though they had a down year, they're a blue blood. Duke's a blue blood. Florida State sometimes is good. Florida or Virginia has been a one seed in the tournament two straight years, despite losing to a 16 seed two years ago. They did win the tournament last year. Uh, yeah, last year they beat Texas Tech. Um, so the SEC though the SEC has some quality teams a lot of, a lot of teams that can really make it push in the tournament the SEC has a lot of scrappy teams I'll say it that way they have a lot of scrappy teams Tennessee is real good Arkansas can make a push they're they're a really low seed in the SEC but I, they have some of the top scores in the SEC they can really make an impact in a game Jameson how do you see this going about you have Kentucky as the one seed Auburn as the two seed do you see one of them winning or potentially an upset going on in the SEC I see. The Auburn Tigers mm-hmm. winning Ooh. it all in the SEC uh, Conference Championship. I don't think there's anybody that's going to beat them. Nobody's going to beat them. They're playing really good. They're, I like their coach. Um, I like the Auburn Tigers winning the SEC Championship. Not even Kentucky. You don't no. Have oh, heck no. Heck, have you watched Kentucky basketball uh, this year? Oh, yeah, I have. Oh, you have? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> my final, my prediction for my final I have on my screen now is Kentucky against Auburn. I think that's it. LSU... LSU's been a team that they can really push a game to, and they're playing Auburn. Uh, they will potentially play Auburn in the semifinals, granted an upset to one of those two teams. But I see Kentucky uh, – I can't remember if they, they're going to – I think they have the winner of Alabama-Tennessee. They can cruise through that game. Tennessee just beat Kentucky actually about last week, I believe, um, on, a, on a comeback victory in Rupp Arena. That was a huge embarrassing loss for us Kentucky Wildcats. But Kentucky's going to get a revenge game on a neutral court. They'll be fine when it comes to that. Although the game is in Nashville, so it's going to be full of Tennessee fans. But Kentucky fans, like I said, travel if well. If they're allowed to be there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> if, if the SEC cancels fans, who knows what's going to happen. But I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. It's already happening now. It's too late to shut that stuff down. But, I no, I got to go with – I got to roll with Kentucky here all the way. I mean, call it fan bias, whatever you want. Kentucky's the most complete team. They've played up and down. Uh, the whole Ashton Hagens things that happened a couple days ago with uh, him getting an argument with Coach Calipari against with the Tennessee game and then him sitting out the game against Florida. That Kentucky also almost lost, but they had a, a nice 16-point comeback in the second half to uh, to get that victory. Um, 
I can see Kentucky rolling all the way with this. I think they'll meet Auburn in the finals. Uh, Auburn, they can get upset. I mean, the SEC, the SEC is really wide open. Apart from Kentucky and Auburn being those one, two seeds, I believe they're the only two SEC teams ranked at this point. Maybe LSU is in that 24, 25 range. I haven't looked at the recent rankings that came out this past Monday. But Kentucky and Auburn, I think, are the two front runners here. They'll meet in the finals, and I think Kentucky can get the job done. They've split their regular season series one and one, both of the home teams winning when they played, respectively. And so I think Kentucky to win this, and the reason I take them is because this game, this tournament, is in Nashville. It's on a neutral court, and Kentucky away from home has surprisingly really been better than they've been at home. Because, I mean, as any college basketball fan knows this season, Kentucky had that brutal loss to Evansville in Rupp Arena earlier this season, and that's a historic upset loss. They were the number one team in the country at the time, losing to Evansville, who I think have not won a single conference game this entire season, <laughs> although they did lose their coach to a scandal. But that's, that's, <laughs> part of the, that's, that's a main part of the problem. But they also have not won a conference game, and them being the number one team in Kentucky at the time is super embarrassing. But, away, but apart from that, away from home, Kentucky in true road games has been an outstanding team shooting the three is one of their main spectacles for this team and on the road in true road games they have shot a whopping 47.2 percent from three which comparing that to a team like an overall team like a byu who's shooting around 47 percent on the entire season they're one of the best they're the best three-point shooting team in the league if they're playing a true road game and while this sec tournament's not a true road game they it's playing in a neutral site which is like a half road game you know Kentucky will have some fans there Tennessee will have some fans there and it's in Nashville so Kentucky shoots 47 but two for three Emmanuel quickly the SEC player of the year shoots 59.2 percent from three in true road games and again like I said this SEC tournament is a neutral site so I can see Kentucky riding the three ball this whole way and going completely and winning this SEC tournament man that's going to be a big bummer if Kentucky loses in the first round oh I mean yeah it would be but <laughs> Kentucky we've had some heartbreak we lost in the first round of the NIT like back in 2013 I believe that one was brutal and uh, we've had some early exits recently yeah. or semi- early for us if we don't make the sweet well, 16 are you going to take, are you gonna take uh, Kentucky all the way to the finals this year in the bracket well, the way I do this is I'm in a bunch of like bracket competitions, like with mm-hmm. family members and friends and stuff, and I always make multiple brackets. I always have at least one taking Kentucky to win, um, but I'll usually divvy it up. Um, I mean, if I had to put my money on it, my life savings, I wouldn't take them because Kentucky's been such up and down this year. They can play really well when they're on it, and they can really fall apart and play down their competition when they're not on it. So putting my money, if I put my whole life savings on Kentucky, I wouldn't do it. But I can certainly see them being a Final Four team. They have the capabilities of being a Final Four team. And so if they went to the National Championship and won the thing or just maybe fell short in the Final Four, I mean, I would not be surprised whatsoever. But we're, I mean, we're going to be doing brackets uh, for the, once the Selection Sunday comes out. And we'll, get them on, we'll get them on social media for you guys to uh, critique us and probably yell at us for our picks. But I'll probably have Kentucky going pretty far. I won't say how far yet, but I'm still getting my mind wrapped around it, especially with this NCAA tournament being played on no, no fan courts. It's going to be interesting to see. I think Kentucky could really push this tournament. They've been like you know around the 10 seed, 8, 10, 15, around the area for the majority of the season, especially after that loss to Evansville when they were number one seed. Kentucky, I think, could really make a push, and it's going to be interesting to see. But the whole, the whole coronavirus thing is going to make everything interesting to see. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, let's get to our last point of the show. We are going to head down south to the NFL, mm-hmm. or we're going to head a little north, you know, wh- wherever we want to go. Let's hit the NFL a little bit. We're talking about Tom Brady, the best quarterback 
potentially to ever live. The best quarterback that just runs through the Cowboys, that runs slam through, the Cowboys. that yeah. runs through everyone. He's just incredible. He's just Except such a the Tennessee such Titans. a talented quarterback. Tom Brady is so great. He is the best. There's nobody that's ever going to be able to come close to him, especially Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, I just uh, Malachi, if you were here, um, uh, but you're not, so uh, you have no room to talk. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so a lot of speculation. Free agency is starting next week. Tom Brady, where is he going, Hayden? You're the NFL expert. It's, it's such tough to tell if because there's a lot of teams in the race right now. Um, before today, because a lot of news came out today, before today, the teams that were really in the running, at least in my mind, were, of course, the Patriots. And you had the Patriots were the best team to sign them. That's his best fit. But when it comes to my personal opinion, and a lot of the opinions of other experts, well, I'm not calling myself an expert. That sounds kind of self-centered. <laughs> but the opinions of myself and experts in the NFL community, the, the consensus is that he's not going to stay in New England. He's going to leave. I think he's staying. And... The fact that it's there's a big population out there saying he's going to leave New England is just so crazy because I mean it's I mean I think he's going to and when I say crazy it's just crazy to think about cuz seeing Tom Brady in an NFL jersey that's not the New England Patriots is going to be such a weird thing to see but all these teams that are in it before like I said before today it was the Patriots, the Tennessee Titans, Oakland Raiders, uh not Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers um, let me think, the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going to point the Buccaneers out right now because today um, news came out that there's some kind of report around the Tampa Bay organization saying that they are all in, quote, all in on signing Tom Brady this offseason. Bruce Arians is completely on board with the, with the speculation, and he's leading the way for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to sign Tom Brady. And that's, I mean, really, that's empty news to me because – I, Tampa just at least their team right now they can rebuild in free agency in the draft when that starts so maybe they can potentially get this roster adequate for Tom Brady but right now I just don't it's not a roster Tom Brady will want to fit in or at least I think he could be successful in because I mean if I'm Tom Brady right I have one two maybe three years left in my career and mo- according to most people he's probably going to sign just a one to two year deal and then go somewhere else or retire after that i think that's what's going to end up happening he's going to sign a one year 30 million or a two year 60 million or something like that along the lines of that and tampa bay if they can unless they can rebuild these next two years i just don't see them fit they have i mean i've said this on the show before i think tampa bay has a great offense and i really think this team's going to explode in the next year or so and be a contender in the nfc they haven't been one in forever but they got chris godwin and mike evans in um, as as their top two receivers, They're, those both those guys were top five receivers in the league this year. And Jameis Winston, as we all know, was the league leader in passer with 5,100 yards passing, although 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns, puts an asterisk on all that as well. But they were the number one passing offense in the league, the number three overall offense in the league. And so Tom Brady wants to go to a team that's going to be successful, that's going to compete for a Super Bowl when he gets there. And I just don't see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being that team. Unless they can get a solid running back in the draft, whether it be a Jonathan Taylor or a J.K. Dobbins or whoever they want to pick up in the draft, that's what they mainly need. They need to get a running back, and they really need to get an offensive line, especially if they're going after Tom Brady. 
because the teams that people have been saying are the best fit for Brady are the Patriots and, oddly enough, the Dallas Cowboys. Because those teams <laughs> – well, well, we've talked about this on the show, the reports that Brady was going to go to Dallas. And bec- that the reason those reports were rumored was because Dallas is a good fit for him. They have a great defense – or an adequate defense, and they have a great running game and offensive line. And for an old quarterback – and a great running game and a great offensive line is what you need because it gives you time in the pocket to hit your receivers. Because Tom Brady, we can all agree on this, is probably the least mobile quarterback in the entire league. So you see, I don't, he would run a seven-minute forty or a seven-second forty. Like he he is slow. So you need he needs time because he's not he can't scramble. He can't do any of that stuff. And so you need a run game. You need a great offensive line. And so to me, really, the teams that we have to really point at i think if i had to put where he's going it's the colts and that's i mean because i have to pick one team i can see him going a bunch of places i can really see him going to the to chargers the colts the buccaneers i could see him going to i just don't think that's the best fit for him but i could see him falling in there because of bruce arians being experienced head coach they have a lot of cap space 80 million i believe the buccaneers do so they could sign some free agents for tom brady I don't see him going to New England, though. And I think that's the biggest pill to swallow. I just don't I do. see it happening. I do see, I see it happening. You know, why would he want to leave? You know, the Patriots want him. Uh, Bill Belichick, you know, y'all say that he Bill Belichick doesn't want him. But I, I, see, him, I see him at the Patriots. I see him. I don't see Robert Kraft. You know, him and Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is the main guy. And I don't see Robert Kraft not letting Tom Brady go I don't see that happening and so I think if Tom Brady gets the money I think if Tom Brady gets the right amount of players and he has a say in who comes there I think Tom Brady stayed I I can't remember I'm I'm looking at it but the page I feel like I'm trying to look it up right now if if the Patriots have already stated that they're going to let Tom Brady hit free agency I don't know if that was already a thing yet but it's been a general consensus which is the weird thing because, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like, I think they want to keep him. I, I, I don't see why anybody would not want to keep Tom Brady. You know what I mean? But I think that the Patriots are going to let him hit free agency and test the market. He could, I mean, just because he he's hitting free agency doesn't mean he's not going to go to the Patriots. It just means that other teams are going to get the opportunity to sign him. Because right now, the Patriots have the, have what's like, they have, they have a stranglehold on Tom Brady. They have the priority to sign him if they want because he's still technically on the Patriots until one week from today, March 18th, when free agency does start. And I think he's going to hit free agency. And there's been like all, like, I don't know, Jameson, have you been following social media? Because there's been these weird, like, crazy stuff yeah. that's come out about him. There was the one guy filming him. Uh, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman from the back during a th- I can't, it was an NBA game or yeah, something. no no, no it, was, it was a North Carolina game I can't remember what it was no, yeah, it was NBA. some basketball game and the guy was some guy was filming him and him and Edelman mostly Tom Brady was on the cell phone on FaceTime with uh, Mike Vrabel who is the head coach of the Titans mm-hmm. and they're lo- they're buddies I know that because Vrabel used to pay Vrabel used to pay play for the Patriots so they're buddies so that that's speculation maybe he's talking to them about a deal who knows what's going on. Um, crazy stuff has come out. It's it's honestly just a guessing game because who he goes to is going to come down to what those teams can provide and whether the teams can provide a good offensive line, a good running game, whatever they want to do. That's what's going to ultimately determine where Tom Brady is going to go. And the Colts, I think, is a good option for that because they have good weapons. They have a great offensive line. Their organization mainly is what's really built for the Colts. And so this free, free agency, the Colts are going to land Philip Rivers or Tom Brady, one of the two. That's like I think that's a fact almost. Unless they like, unless some wild card guy comes in, that's who's going to secure them. 
But for Tom Brady specifically, I really don't know who he's going to. All I know is really is that he's not going to go to the Patriots. I just, really? I just, I just don't see. It I happening. see. I see it happening. I see it happening, and we're going to disagree on it until whatever he whatever happens. Until it happen- yeah, once free agency hits, uh, when yeah, March eighteenth, one week from today, it will. This is funny because we said earlier no breaking news ever happens on our show. I guarantee you something's going to break during the show next week because it's the day of free agency starts. So something's bound to happen. Someone's going to get signed, whether it's a star player or some like some defensive end or something that people really don't care too much about. Like no, not a uh, A plus and A grade receiver uh, or A grade, you know, an A plus player. Who knows what's going to happen? But I, I bet something weird is going to happen on the show next week because free agency starts, and that's when we're ultimately going to see who Tom Brady signs with. Because until then, the only team he can sign with is the Patriots. And like I just said, I just I just don't see it. I just feel like he's going to want to go somewhere. Just to change it all, it's I don't like, think I don't think he wants to change. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: If if he changes, like if he goes to a different team, do you think it's going to tarnish his legacy as as an NFL player? Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Like like why? Like, because I mean, his he has he has spent only his career with the Patriots. I don't think he's going to know how to handle being with another team. I mean, he's known nothing but Patriots, 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 mm-hmm. and I don't think he's going to be able to handle the change. I really don't see it. That's what I was saying. Like, It's going to be weird. I think it's, it's going to be so weird. It's going to be as weird as seeing the NCAA tournament with no fans. It's going to be that weird. I don't, I don't think it'll be that weird. I think it's going to be weirder, Hayden. You think it's gonna be, I like, think it's going to be weird. I mean, seeing seeing him in a, in a white or in a gray and you know a Titans jersey. Mm-hmm. What about what about if he goes putting on a red and a gray jersey for the Buccaneers? Yeah, like that. What I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I, I'm never. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to understand who I'm watching. The instance. I mean, the recent instance of that is Peyton Manning going to the Broncos for those final two or three seasons, and he got a Super Bowl for them. So he's his his legacy is really as a Colt and a Bronco because he has a Super yeah. Bowl in both. And I lo- I loved I loved that change whenever he went to the Broncos. I thought that was the best fit for Peyton Manning. I really yeah, do. I love. That, it was a good fit, and that's what Tom Brady's ultimately looking for too. He's looking for a team with a good fit, and I mean, and I see it's, but in the being the best fit, I think the Patriots is I, only the best. I fit. agree with you. I think the Patriots are the best fit. I just think he's tired of the organization. Yeah. He's he's going to demand money that they're not going to supply. But I think I think Peyton Manning also went to the Broncos because of he wanted his a little bit of ching ching. Oh, yeah. oh because he wanted, he wanted well, he wanted the um, the advertisement. He wanted the Papa John's. He wanted the, all of the advertisement stuff. That's I think that's a big reason why. Peyton Manning uh, went to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are gotten to the closing of our show. So I want to thank you all personally for joining in, listening to our uh, two-hour radio show. It's always been a pleasure uh, for you guys to listen. I love talk. We love talking in front of you guys. Uh, so uh, we really appreciate it. And be sure to tune in on Off the Bench XLR on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And off the bench at at um, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes um, podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you guys next Wednesday from four to six right here on uh, XLR Atlanta University Radio. Uh, as, and this is off the bench. Uh, and don't forget Radio FX every Wednesday four to six. Guys, as always, stay in the game. Off the bench. We will be back. This is off the bench. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. 
This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile. Empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See Metro by T-Mobile.com.